Hello, hello, my darlings. You are listening in to the Hot Nerd Podcast with China Noel. It's your girl, China. Listen, I've been going through a bunch of headlines and I've been thinking about the week, and this week's topic is definitely needed. We have a lot to talk about. It's called Do We Demand Social Change But Make Zero Changes in Personal Relationships? That's something I really want to know because everybody's out there with their placards and their posters, and they're like, yeah, you know. People shouldn't be mistreated and Black Lives Matter and all this kind of stuff. And yeah, that's important. That's real. That's true. But are you allowing yourself to be mistreated at home or in the workplace? Or are you watching other people being mistreated? Or are you silently mistreating other people or yourself behind closed doors? We're talking about social change, but charity begins at home. As the quote goes. It begins at home. That is how it begins. Charity begins at home. And so if you're not taking care of business at home and you're out there tweeting and getting on social media and Instagram and talking about how Black Lives Matter and how you demand social change, but you're not making any personal changes, I'm giving you the side eye, darling. Okay, so, but first, I would be remiss if I did not acknowledge you know, a lot of the things that are happening in the headlines right now, it's really overwhelming. In fact, I just logged into CNN and I saw pictures of the Wendy's burning because apparently police officers went and shot a man because he was resisting his arrest and he was trying to grab a taser or something of that sort. And so they, they shot him at a Wendy's for what? He was sleeping in his car and he failed a sobriety test. Are these reasons, ladies and gentlemen, for us to take lives? Because I'm getting really fucking confused. Excuse my language. What is this? Go- what is going on in the United States? Like, I, I'm very kind of shocked at how easily life can be taken. Do we not honor ourselves anymore? And so, by the way, I want to give this caveat. No matter what is going on in our homes, no matter how violent we are at home, we have steps and procedures for taking care of that, right? Like if you live with a violent person, if you're violent yourself, we have procedures in place for that. So what we're talking about, talking about domestic issues, has absolutely nothing to do with the fact that police should not be killing Black people at this alarming rate, and for any reason at all. Right. So one has absolutely nothing to do with the other. What I'm saying is that as we're marching, as we're doing these social change protests, are we also ensuring that we are protesting violence at home and in our communities and with ourselves? Are we checking ourselves as well? Meaning in addition to what we're doing outside, do not mistake what we're doing outside for any sort of substitute for what we're doing inside, okay? You can be as violent and crazy as possible at home and there are consequences for that, but that's a separate issue from the fact that people in uniform, people we trust to protect us, people who are authorities, people whom we're supposed to be relying on, people whom we employ are shooting us They're killing us, okay? And that is disorder. And that has nothing to do with inside the home. Just want to make that clear before we move on. 
you know, and it's really hard to talk about anything else right now because we're just so overwhelmed with this notion that life is so easily takeable for any reason. And that's not the way it should be. But okay, I just want to hone in though, again, on our demands for these things to change on a social level. Are we also making changes in our personal lives or are we just out there talking? Because it kind of sounds good and we feel it's a trend. Because I feel like in order for all of this to take hold, in order for this movement to make any sense, we have to start with ourselves. We have to start with inside of our homes and how this affects us, how we plan on carrying out living our lives. I'll tell you in some of the headlines, there's a headline today about a Facebook employee who quit because, well, he didn't quit. He was fired. (laughs) He was fired because he called out another Facebook employee rather publicly um, and said, well, why are you not putting the Black Lives Matter hashtag on one of the protocols? And, you know, it's funny because part of the reason a lot of people are quitting Facebook, while a lot of employees say that they're quitting Facebook, is because they are criticizing Mark Zuckerberg for not taking a stand. They're like, yo, bro, You know what I'm saying? Like, can you say something about the, I don't know, alternative facts that Trump posts? And Zuckerberg is like, listen, I don't want to take any position on that because it's free speech. Okay, well, so why is this Facebook employee fired for having free speech and calling out his fellow employee for not uh, shouting out Black Lives Matter or whatever, adding it to the documentation or taking a stance. I, you know, it's all very contradictory, but that's an example of how people are putting their personal lives on the lines for what they believe in and sort of living according to code. <laughs> no pun intended. He was a developer for Facebook. Okay. Bad joke. Um, but yeah, I mean, He stood for what he believed in. He called out somebody else for not standing against these transgressions in society. He lost his job at Facebook. And he did so even as Facebook is saying, well, we believe in free speech, in First Amendments, and that's why we don't sanction anybody. So I don't get it. If they're going to fire him, I don't see why they don't sanction or censure Trump. Anywho, another example, though, bringing it in even further into personal relationships is that, you know, I see a lot of microaggressions and put downs happening in relationships that we don't acknowledge out loudly. I see men and women putting each other down in relationships and men, especially they have some very, you know, in cis relationships, there's some very hard truths out there about the kinds of relationships that we are having with men and the kinds of things that we say to each other in relationships, things that can be very toxic. I mean, I experienced a relationship in which, you know, a man, my partner at the time would sort of joke about slaps. Like he just thought it was really funny to just joke about slaps, you know, and I'm not of that ilk. You know what I mean? I don't do that. I don't talk with my hands. I don't do anything with my hands, but he was kind of, I don't know, 
just a very strange creature. And I'm just very particular about being touched. And he would just joke about slaps and, you know, and that's how those seeds, those microaggressions happen. That's how physical violence starts to happen in relationships. So he's joking about slaps. He's joking about slaps. And then he escalates and starts slapping, starts hitting. And I'm very particular about people not touching my face. And so I found myself just turning around and slapping the shit out of him, just like really going crazy because I just could not believe that this person was touching my face. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, what the fuck is going on, you know? And, but these things happen in personal relationships, aggression and violence and violating people happens in personal relationships. And it makes me wonder how many of us are actually taking stock of what is happening in our personal relationships as we demand all of this social change. How are we reacting? How are we living out what we're saying is injustice in our own personal lives? If aggression is unjust for cops and for society, is it also unjust for the way that we live. I think it is. And so that's why I had to slap a bitch. Excuse my language. I'm being really aggressive right now. Um, you know, amidst all of this <laughs> random thought about relationships, I just wonder what Melania is thinking. Is it Melania or Melania? What is she thinking, Melania? What are you doing? How is your relationship going? Are you making any changes in your personal relationships as the people are demanding social change? Because you could be a beacon, honey. You can set the standard for personal relationships by talking to your husband about how he talks to you and to other people, how he treats you and other people. I mean, are we interested really in making social change? And can we achieve that if we don't start in the household? Melania, step up. You're the first lady. Awfully silent. Uh, You know, so yeah, so there are these put downs in relationships. There are these microaggressions. There is even just like men, 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 you know, not to always call you out, but harassment on the streets, harassment on the streets. Like when you watch the way certain men hunt down women on the street and you think to yourself, this is unjust sexual harassment. Why are you catcalling? Why are you making this woman feel hunted down and, you know, whistled at like a dog and gone after, chased after? Why are you doing all of that? Right? Are you inspecting yourself and women? Are you telling your brothers and cousins and, you know, all the male members of your family about these kinds of behaviors? Well, we can't protest about police harassment on the street while ignoring the fact that you harass women on the street, right? So again, charity begins at home. What are we doing about the way that we relate to each other? in our microcosms. What are we doing about that? Are we having those reflections? Are we thinking about what we're calling love taps or playful slaps and microaggressions and violence and personal relationships as we go out there and march against the violence by cops? We have to do both. We can't ignore the two of them is my point. We can't have one without the other. And it can be as subtle as an opinion, for example. Like if you meet somebody, you're dating somebody, and the person is like, yeah, I totally believe in, you know, hitting children, spanking children. I get a belt and whoop that child's ass. Like, 
I'm sorry, it's 2020. And I know a lot of you think that's funny and you think it's cultural and you think it's traditional and you think that children need to be whooped. But I think it is demented. I think it is demented for us to go out there in social culture and say that, oh, we're against violence. We shouldn't be violent and there's violence and social change and all this. And in your very own homes, you're talking about whooping children. Like that, I've never been able to put together. Like if it's not okay for a man to whoop his wife when she does something wrong, I don't see why it's okay for parents to whoop their children when they do something wrong, right? Because the children are even more fragile than the adults. <laughs> they know even less. They've not been taught. So why is there this kind of dysfunctional way of talking about children. And somebody said, I'm going to slap my wife, you know, like my ex had been saying, it would be like a shock. Like, oh my God, you can't slap your wife. You can't slap a woman. That's domestic abuse. Okay. Well then you, similarly, you can't slap your child. <laughs> That's child abuse. You know what I mean? There's talking, there's talking things out. That's an option, people. There is nothing wrong with talking things out. There's nothing wrong with a timeout. There's nothing wrong with a negotiation. There is nothing wrong with using other tools of parenting. And it's like, if you're dating someone and you agree with me and you're dating someone who's like, yeah, I'm going to, we're going to have a child and I'm going to whoop that child's ass. You might want to leave that relationship, give it a once over and be like, you know what? Perhaps this is not for me. Because I don't see a situation in which people are harboring toxic views at home and pretending to want to get rid of them on the streets and out there and talking about all this big, massive social change. There is a disconnect. It's incongruent. It does not match. It's disparate. You can think of all the synonyms you want. Dissonance, disparateness, incongruence ill-fitting, ill-matching. It doesn't match. Have your views aligned. It seems ridiculous to be someone who is eagerly talking about whooping somebody at home, whooping a child, whooping a woman, whooping yourself, abusing yourself, and then going out there to demand social change. It's just, it's quite, quite bizarre. But anyway, I really want to take a break. And when I come back, I want to talk about Dave Chappelle and how he has applied this notion of social change to his personal relationships and personal life. If you don't know, he has a Netflix special out. It's called 846. And I just so happened to watch it. I'll be back after the drop. Again, you're tuned into the Hot Nerd Podcast with China Noel. All right, I am back from break. I have been chewing some ice, and I don't think that's the best habit to have. And I will spare you the crunch, crunch in your ears because I know there's some people who can't stand hearing other people do things with food with their mouth in audio. <laughs> Like I had somebody, I was reading Wendy Williams uh, on YouTube. The commenters were going crazy because Wendy was eating. She was eating on her show. She would have this plate for Wendy at home, you know, with the coronavirus thing. And she would have this plate and she would just like munch and just be like, mm, yes, 
this ribeye steak is delicious. <laughs> and people who cannot stand chewing and watching people eat and chew and hearing it, most importantly, would just be like so livid at Wendy and be like, I'm not listening to you anymore, Wendy. And they would just be out. <laughs> so I kept that in mind as I was like swishing around my eyes and trying not to crunch in your ear. I'll save you all of that. But anyway, we are back with this episode's topic, do we demand social change but make zero changes in our personal relationships? Are we contradictory that way? I want to make it exceedingly clear, though, that I'm not saying that we are not justified for going out there and protesting. I stand with the protesters 100%. We cannot live in a society in which the people who are trusted to take care of us abuse us. I think that it will take forever for me to ever get over that image that I have of the whole George Floyd situation and the knee on the neck. I mean, that is truly, truly one of the worst things I've ever seen in my life. And we have authorities for a reason, right? So even though I'm doing an episode called are we making zero changes at home, but demanding broader social changes outside? I'm still putting the onus on the outside, on the authorities, on the larger government to be beacons, to be the ideals, to be whom we all look up to. That's why you're fucking there. That's why you're elected. Because you're supposed to be an example. You're supposed to be a standard. You're supposed to be leadership. You're supposed to be the kinds of people that we look to, to improve our personal lives at home. So just because I'm saying to all of us, okay, well, let's not ignore the home part of it and be contradictory and go march out there against violence while being violent in our home does not mean that I'm removing any level of potency from what's happening out there. That is way bigger, way more important, I can say. And uh, people out there who are public officials, public citizens, cops, all, all of that, have a magnified duty to set the example for proper behavior. And all of this improper behavior that we have been seeing from the president on down has disgusted me as a citizen, as a person as a human being in the world, it has really lifted my sense of balance and security in the world. And it probably shakes up other people too. Because if it's not your son, it could be somebody else's. If it's not somebody else's, it's yours. It could be your brother, your sister, your lover, your child, your grandchild. You don't know. You can't just let society just run rampant whether you're black or white or, you know, it's, it's, I mean, you can't live in a world, in a country in which that's okay, period, period. You can't be like, okay, well, I'm just gonna sit and let that go by because you let that go by and the whole country goes down with it. We cannot be from a country in which that is okay in which the George Floyd incident is okay. We can't do it. Dave Chappelle, speaking of people who have taken this stuff truly personally, 
had a Netflix special come out called 846 because that's how long the police officer, the ex-police officer Derek Chauvin, had his knee on George Floyd's neck, 8 minutes and 46 seconds. And Dave Chappelle was saying, you know, in 1993, when he experienced his first earthquake that lasted 38 seconds and he thought he was going to die, he cried and called out for his mom, his grandmom, or whatever. And so he can't imagine being scared for 38 seconds during an earthquake while George Floyd was scared for 8 minutes and 46 seconds. And what was really creepy, if you haven't watched the special, I hate to ruin it for you, so spoiler alert. But he said, Dave Chappelle, he said that 8.46 a.m. in the morning was when he was born. That's when he was born. So he took it particularly hard, and it affected him very, very personally. Do you know what I mean? And I saw another headline. (laughs) It made me wonder if this had to do with stress, but it feels like this headline was, uh, this study was taken a little bit earlier than the coronavirus pandemic and definitely earlier than the George Floyd incident. But this headline says that young Americans are having less sex than ever. And the first thing that went to my mind was, how can anybody have any kind of sex in this environment? It's fucking insane. This is like trauma that we're all experiencing. Do you know that? This is collective trauma, which is, again, why I was like, well, let's check in and make sure that our personal lives are going okay, that we are being balanced in our personal lives because all of this external trauma cannot be good. It cannot be good. I I was watching the Dave Chappelle special and I looked at him and I said, God, he, he doesn't even look okay, does he? I mean, he always talks and sounds like he's drunk, (laughs) okay? He always kind of seems a little off, but he really looks affected. And to have your birth time be 8.46 in the morning and have this officer kneel on someone's neck for 8 minutes and 46 seconds has got to be fucking with your brain in ways that I can't even understand. Do you know what I mean? And so these things affect us. And so I ask how congruent our lives, our personal lives are, how aligned are our personal lives with our demands for social change? Are they very aligned? Are they slightly aligned? Are they not aligned at all? Let's do that check-in. Let's do the check-in. And with young Americans having less and less sex, like this headline says, I find it very interesting because I think that lack of sexual activity is going to continue, even though the reason for this seems to be more like, you know, unemployment, part-time employment, a lower income men are more likely to be sexually inactive, psychologists found in this study. It's a study by San Diego State University researchers. They they did the, you know, they, they said the sexual inactivity increased among young men, young American men between 2000 and 2018. So this is long before all of this stuff started happening. Um, But obviously the conclusion of the study was in 2018. We're only in 2020, the first half of it. So this tells me that it's going to be worse from here because if you're saying that men who were unemployed and had part-time employment or lower incomes were more likely to be sexually inactive, what do you think is going to happen after this fallout? After this coronavirus unemployment pandemic, what do you think is going to happen? More men are going to be more employed 
I'm sorry, more men are going to be more unemployed. More people are going to be part-time employed. They're going to be lower incomes. And therefore, it's definitely going to be more sexual inactivity. Who's in the mood with all this rude stuff going on? I tried to rhyme there. And so they noted that the percentage of sexually inactive, sexually inactive 18 to 24-year-old men increased from 18.9% between the years 2000 and 2002 to about 30.9% between 2016 and 2018. Wow. Okay, so it's declined again. So women aged 25 to 34 are also having less sex. This is uh, what researchers said in an investigation published Friday in the medical journal called JAMA Network Open, pointing out that students were most likely to be affected. Now, there are many reasons for this. They're saying that young adults are taking longer to get to adulthood. We are developmentally delayed in terms of certain activities such as mating, dating, living with a partner, pregnancy, birth, all of these things are like happening later and later. And it's a trend of broader sort of cultural delayed development. We are not rushing to go out there, get engaged and have babies at age 21 anymore. You know, we're just sort of growing up slowly as it's called. I just found that headline really peculiar and interesting amiss this larger fabric of what's going on now. In England, British couples are having less sex than in the previous two decades, although the number of people wanting more sex is rising. <laughs> of course, we always want more. We always want more, don't we? What more than we can have? This is according to a 2019 study from the United Kingdom's London School of Hygiene and Tropical Medicine. So, and it's not just young people in the US who have been having less sex. It's also British couples. Okay. So there are a number of health benefits that have been linked to regular sex, which include reduced stress as well as um, heart health and better sleep. I'm reading all this from CNN.com. You can find the article on there, but I think that it's just very interesting and peculiar, as I said before, because amidst this pandemic, and miss all of what's going on, and miss all of this protesting, all of this unrest and imbalance. How can sex be channeled in our personal homes? We're out there demanding social change, and that's exhausting. Race is exhausting. Racism ex is, is exhausting. All of it is exhausting. How exactly do we then unwind from all of that and get busy and get down and have that licky, 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 licky? How do we do that? We also have social distancing and we've got stay-at-home orders. We've got all these measures in place. And I don't know if you know, but in the UK, sex is banned. <laughs> sex is banned, y'all. I don't know if you've heard of that um, around the world, people. I wouldn't be surprised if people have heard of it. Because the world, you know, I'm so proud of the world right now. Taiwan, side note, is having a Black Lives Matter protest. There is a BLM protest in Taiwan happening right now. Shout out to Taiwan. Well, look, I, I, I'm going to give that a round of applause. That's excellent, Taiwan. Good job. So Taiwan has probably heard then that the UK has a sex ban. US has probably heard that the UK has a sex ban. All of this news has probably been heard. So the sex ban means that you can't have sex with anybody whom you don't already live with. 
if you live with a person, you're married with a person, married to the person, coupled with a person, this is your regular sexual partner, you're fine. Phew, you're safe. You know what I mean? <laughs> but if you meet somebody, go out, you know, have a little bumble date, have a little Tinder date, you know, what else is there? The league. Who else am I missing in the dating app world? Don't forget to check out my my episode on dating apps, by the way. It's like episode number two. But if you meet someone on any of these dating apps and you have sex with them, yeah, that's illegal in the UK right now, thanks to the coronavirus pandemic. So definitely, yeah, I'm not surprised by this headline. Speaking of our personal lives and our personal relationships happening amidst this social change fabric, it's really tough. It's really difficult right now. And so I want you guys to tell me how you're doing, how you're coping with all of this and how your personal lives are being affected or aligned or even misaligned with what's going on in the outside world. Are you in tune at home? Are you as in tune at home with checking acts of aggression and checking acts of toxicity as you are with demanding that these acts of toxicity and aggression stop? in the outside world? Are you in tune or do you feel that disconnect? If you want to leave me a voice message, you can always go to anchor.fm slash the hot nerd and just click on the message button. That is to leave me a voice message. And sometimes I'll check the voice message and I'll air it on a show. So if you really want to do that, I will definitely look forward to it. And um, I just wanted to say too that like, there are some people who are so cute. They're called kids. And I wanted to show you this clip. And I wanted to say thank you to the parents who are raising these children. They're these cute little children who are <laughs> walking around with little placards that say Black Lives Matter. And they're all shades, which I always love. You know me. I love when people are just like all shades, like really, really dark child, really blonde child, really just like, and they're walking down the street and they're saying Black Lives Matter, like Black Lives Matter in the cutest voice. I want to play this clip for you. You've got to love it. Oh my God, look at this. Do you hear them? Listening. That is, is that not the funniest thing? Is that not the cutest thing? Did you hear them? Black lives matter. Black lives. No, she said metal. They metal. Oh God, that made my day. Whoever posted that. Thank you for making my day. Thank you for listening in. I can't wait to hear from you again. Anchor.fm slash the hot nerd. Leave me a voice message if you have something to say about how our personal lives are aligning or misaligning with today's world. It's the Hot Nerd Podcast with China Noel. See you in the next episode. Ow.